Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now, new plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now, 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And good morning, everybody. It's time for the Garden Wise Show here on Legends 810 with your Garden Wise guys. Jim Borland, that's me, and Keith Funk is way over there. Good morning. He's, he's out in the holler across the valley. In the low? We, we communicate with whistles. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ooh, the microphone sounds weird. Yeah, you're sounding like you are in a cave there. Yeah, you'll have to get that fixed. Or get out of the cave. What are you doing in the cave over there? I don't there? know. Jeez, there we go. Creepers. That hey, sounds a little better. We're going to do a garden show here this morning. The way this operates is that you have to contact us. We can't contact you because they don't allow us to do that here. So here is the way you get to us. Yeah, we got sued once. We <laughs> we did. And uh, it's still in, in, in contention, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Arbitration. Yeah. Arbitration, yes. Um, the phone number, 303-477-2473, and that'll get you right in here, and Sean will answer that phone and find out just who you are. Are you going to be allowed on the show this week? Hmm. I don't know that we've ever told anybody they're not allowed on, have we? I don't believe so. <laughs> we've been able to I don't handle so. anything that comes yeah. in here. Yes, sir, Bob. All right, Except now. car questions. I don't want any car <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah, me too, <laughs> Or plumbing. Please, no plumbing questions. We had no only plant questions. That's right. Whether it be in your garden, whether it's, yeah, actually, we'll, we can probably handle forest questions, too. You got a forest? You got a question about your forest? Well, give us a call. We'll do our best on that as well. And uh, what's, and if there I go, I'm now in a cave. Now you're weird. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't do anything. Oh, there I you know go. why it is, because oh. I'm, on, 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 I'm pressing the button here. <laughs> Yeah, no more button messing there. Uh, no more. All right. Well, over the past weekend, uh, actually over the past two days, I've noticed my first Japanese beetles are back. Oh, I know. There weren't many of them. I squished them all. I haven't. So maybe, I haven't seen any yet. So maybe that's it. That's the end of them. Oh, sure. <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah, I wish it were. True. Jim squished all the Japanese beetles, people. <clears throat> you don't need to worry. Yeah. So uh, be aware they were coming back. What did they hit? They hit my uh, grapes, and they hit a um, pussy willow. Wow. Starting to chew on the leaves, and uh, I'll have none of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to break out my uh, eight spray. Yes. Because neither one of these have any kind of bees or any kind of insects that, that I'm concerned about. So I'm going to spray them down, man. That's my, that's my go-to is uh, bonide eight. Yep. E-I-G-H-T. It's spelled out. It's not the letter or the number. It's uh, it's actually the word eight. Yeah, it's kind of hard to find, I found out last year when I found Last year it was uh, a yeah. short supply, but this year it seems to be plentiful. Oh, okay, good. And you don't need to worry about, like Jim said, uh, if you're spraying things that aren't in flower, you're not going to have bees on them. Yeah, so, so I'll be concerned about that. Yeah. Also noticed over the past week, uh, uh, aside from the rain, we got uh, only a two inch <coughs> to two tenths of an inch. Gee, jeepers. No, it was more than that since last Saturday. No, it was two tenths of an inch. That was it <coughs> over the past week. Is that right? And that, that that's a nice little rain for around here. It's not like a one or two or three inch deluge that some places got. But we'll take it. We'll take anything we got. It's, it's uh, monsoon season. It started up. I heard that we're going to have one this year, finally. Yep. Which should keep things a little on the moist side. I'm noticing the foothills and places which this time of year and years past have been brown already. Yeah. They are still green, green, green. Beautiful, aren't yeah, they? Absolutely. like to keep it that way all summer long if possible. Also noticed over the past week, I don't know if you folks have, I'm sure you have, our temperatures at night have been pretty, just downright cold. Yeah. <laughs> like we're in the low 50s. Yeah, and guess what? Halo. Tomatoes and peppers and cucumbers mm -hmm. and squash, they don't like that. No, they don't like that at all. Not at all. Mine just, combined uh, with the yeah. moisture, yeah, it's really yeah, hard Yeah, yeah they're, it's not that it kills them or anything. I just, they just sit there and pout. 
They slow down. Long after the cool temperatures are gone. Yeah, they do. They sulk. So we can hope for maybe a little bit of warmer temperature. Some of that warm temperature we could use from the uh, <clears throat> from the West Coast. No, I don't want that. No. <laughs> 115 degrees. That's laughable. Jeepers, creepers. Oh, that's horrible. Now, you expect that maybe in Las Vegas. Well, yeah, and, and Tucson and... and um, Death Valley. <laughs> Death Valley. There's a reason they call it Death Valley. <laughs> that's right. I haven't heard any any uh, <clears throat> any temperature readings from Death Valley, so I don't know if they, too, got uh, extra heat. Because it, it normally gets 110 there. Mm, oh, yeah, Definitely. And look, listen, um, I was just looking at the Denver water site. We lost just over an inch of moisture this last week. I got 1.3 inches. Uh, I'm showing 1.15. You lost. When did you measure that? I didn't measure it. It was. I mean, when did you read that? Today, (laughs) just about five seconds ago. Oh, so then you're omitting a day. I see. I I marked it down yesterday. Mm -hmm. That's actually would be. Thursday to Thursday. Oh, Mr. I, Technicality I read it here. on Friday. So if you read it today, you're reading from last... You're reading from last Friday to Friday. From the 25th through the 1st. And yesterday was the 2nd, so... Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> what evs. <laughs> so a little over one inch, and I made... A little over one yeah, inch. And yeah, I, and I read 1.3 inches. But anyway, yeah. And parts of a town I found out got way in excess of 1.3 inches, so they're they're good for a week uh, in the lawn watering category. That is, yeah. We and for that 24 for that for that per- same period of time, it was close to two inches of rain. So you didn't need to water. And my huh. sprin- yeah, that's my true. sprinkler system forgot <coughs> not to water. Yeah. I, like I said earlier, you need a smart one, a smart irrigation system. <clears throat> well, it'll remember from now on I punished it. Mine, mine is turned no, it off. Mine is no smarter than I am, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> which means it needs a lot of help. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> hey, listen, we've got open lines here. We do. <clears throat> I know you have questions. And finally, finally, I found yesterday the, the uh, Echinacea cultivar numbers are way up. Oh, really? Just looking at one site. I don't understand this one site. I have it bookmarked, and I go and check it every yeah. now and again. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, I don't know when the last time I checked it. But there's usually announcement made in, in trade magazines and on Facebook, and mm-hmm. none of that's been made. So I checked out this face, uh, sorry, this bookmarked site. It's called Marco Van Nort. That's the name of the guy who, uh, who does breeding in the Netherlands. Okay. And one of the one of the... The species that it breeds is Echinacea. It also does geraniums and a bunch of others. But anyway, uh, uh, we're, our number now is from last week was 714. Now it's up to 725. Oh, why? So I'm, I'm aiming for 800 before the year's out. All right. <laughs> we'll <laughs> that see may that not works. happen. Yeah. Well, give us a call here, 303-477-2473. <clears throat> That's right. And we'll take your garden question no matter what it is about. As long as it's garden-related. Yeah. Yeah. I reported last week that my, one of my neighbors uh, planted three trees. Yes, how is that working Autumn out? Autumn blaze maple. And I was going to look that up, the parentage of that. But one of the, one of the parents of that is red maple. Mm-hmm. And is it a cross with silver? It's like, a cross with is silver. It's a cross with yeah. silver. You know, another dryland tree. <laughs> yes, definitely. That loves alkaline <laughs> soils. Anyway, he planted three of these in good-sized trees. So he, I, <clears throat> I know he paid good money for it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, he... Uh, and I and I watched them plant it. And they they weren't watered. No, he didn't water it, man. He didn't water. How do you it. plant something and not water I don't it? Know. In? But he didn't water it the next day either, or the next day, or the next day, and the next day. You're right. They were all droopy and starting to turn yellow. Mm-hmm. Three trees, and now I went out and. And they're not them. cheap. I know they're not cheap. I mean, I might as well just go out there and light light money on fire. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Make a pile of twenty dollar bills and yeah, and set it douse on fire. it in gasoline and yeah, light it on yeah. fire. So I think he's going to lose all three of these trees. 
Oh, uh, because they don't they don't get any natural natural. They get natural rainfall, of course, and even though we've got like I said, two tenths of an inch, that that's nothing Mm-mm. for for a big tree that's been planted. Um, there's no irrigation in this area, so we have to do it by hand. That was good planning. Uh huh. I did go out and water <coughs> on that fourth or fifth day. I forget now, and I I just happened to be on the porch and I watched them. It, it was an open hose. Mm-hmm. He watered one tree for exactly 40 seconds <laughs> and the next one for 50 seconds. <laughs> and there was three trees. I don't remember. I didn't, I didn't that, mention How the tall are these trees? look pretty good size. Oh, they're, they've got to be 15 feet tall or more easily. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're good-sized trees. So probably spent five or $600 a piece on them. Well, you know tree prices better than I do yep. now that you're working at a nursery um, or a garden center. Um, man, tree prices are way up there. So, you know, could have spent maybe $250, $300 ahead of time getting some irrigation set up to protect his $1,800 <coughs> investment. Yeah. It's like stepping over dollars to pick up dimes. I know. I don't know what. He's been notified. I mean, that no, this is not the way to do this. You need to. <clears throat> I mean, each tree now probably needs 30, 40 gallons of water put on it. And that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, not too bad. Makes you it it would have been nice to have those trees there. They're, it's the wrong tree for the wrong place to begin with. But yeah. What can I say? I'm worried about that particular tree, by the way. Awful lot of them getting planted. Ooh, boy, I guess. Well, everybody likes that nice red fall color. I know, but, I mean, have we learned nothing from Dutch <coughs> elm disease or no. the chestnut blight or now the emerald ash borer? No, apparently not. No. We plant this the same tree everywhere mm-hmm. and then are upset because <coughs> something comes through and kills them all? Yep. Well, you know, the, <coughs> the word hasn't gotten out to everybody yet. It, it's something that has to be explained. You can't just say, don't do it. But we're not going to listen to you. You have to explain why. And that takes some time. And, and they're still not going to listen to you. And it assumes <laughs> people understand yeah, what it is yeah. you're saying and actually believe it. So I guess what I'm saying here, to put it in very simple terms, is before you go out and plant a tree, look around your neighborhood and see what's there. And try not to plant a whole bunch of the same thing. Yeah. That, I mean, it comes right down to that. That's pretty simple. Pretty simple. Oh, well. What are we going to do? Well, we're hopefully going to answer some questions today. Well, I hope so, too. I'm, I guess if we're not going to get questions, I will announce that there is a... A uh, show and sale, Colorado Cactus and Succulent Society show and sale. It's their, uh, I got a number here, it's their 135th show show or something, 40th annual show. I don't think they had one last year. I don't think anybody did. Yeah. So anyway, this year they are going to have their show at uh, the Jefferson County Fairgrounds. And when is that? Uh, I wrote everything down except the date. (laughs) <laughs> it might be nice to know when that is <laughs> it's the 10th of july that's a saturday and it starts uh yeah i got that down here somewhere nine o'clock until 5 p.m at the jefferson county fairgrounds now uh there's a five dollar entry fee to get in <clears throat> and what you're going to find there are call uh, cactus and succulents many of which you can put out in your garden and yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not all spiky cactus. They've got lots of other stuff. They've got all kinds of ice plants, for instance, that mm-hmm. comes to mind. And, and sedums, a, probably. And bunch. Of, oh, my God, they're going to have tons of sedums. And other things from South, South Africa <clears throat> that have turned out to be hardy here as well. So you've got to go out there. And, and, and other things that probably shouldn't be there. Oh? <laughs> In years past, they've had manzanitas. Oh, okay. Which, which that's maybe really one, not a cactus or a no, succulent. No, it's it? neither one. <clears throat> I'm not sure it's even a great companion plant, but nonetheless, you might find those there. Am I, oh, and yuccas and agaves. Sure. Yeah. No linas. No linas. Dazzilurions. Now, I don't know that these are all going to be there. They should be. I mean, because it's a cactus and succulent society. Society. So they all. And there's going to be a, a show too. People could come in and. And and uh, <clears throat> and show their their favorite succulent or cactus plant because they won bragging rights, don't you know? Exactly. And they award 
ribbons and stuff. And you get to see some really weird and wacky things that you normally would never see. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my goodness, yes. Yes, and that's kind of fun. That, that's worth the entry fee right there. It's like, is that really a plant? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you'll find out what is a cactus and what is not a cactus. Right. A lot of things out there people think are cactus. They really aren't. They're other things. Well, sometimes they're named <coughs> inappropriately, like Christmas cactus. I wouldn't call that a cactus. Well, it is. Why? Yeah, it's a member of the cactus family. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Cactaceae is a member of the family. Well, I stand red-faced and embarrassed. Oh, yeah. They're all, and so is Easter cactus, too. Yeah? Yep. Well, they sure don't behave like a cactus. Well, no. They are actually uh, almost epiphytes. Yeah. They, they grow on cliffs and... I don't know if they grow on trees, right? Uh, A lot of them grow on on rocky areas, Mm -hmm. for sure, and uh, in jungles, not on deserts. Where they get lots of moisture. Yeah, so people who have um, Christmas Thanksgiving cactus think they should be treated like cactus desert plants. They're not desert plants. Then they probably should be kept slightly on the moist side at all times. More like a bromeliad. Yeah, more Or even an orchid. Those would be good companion plants. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. And, and, a, and a vervent monkey or two around as well. And a snake. Yeah, and, and howlers. And maybe a couple of lizards. I like howler monkeys best. There you go. And they can fertilize things, too, <coughs> while they're at it. <laughs> while they're eating your plants. <laughs> while they're eating your plants. <laughs> kind of like tree, tree rabbits. Yeah. Something like that. All right. All right. Now we are getting people to call, that have called in and want to talk to us. All right. Probably a question to mind as well. Well, let's go out and talk to Mary in Arapahoe and see what's going on. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. How are you guys? Okay. We're doing great. What's going on with you today? Well, we had a hailstorm this week that I'm lasted s- for an hour. Sorry. Oh, no. What part of the city are you in? Uh, we're in other. Incorporated Arapahoe County. We're south of uh, I-70 and uh, east of the airport. Oh, way out there. Okay. Yes. The temperature went from 63 to 51 in about half an hour, and we mm-hmm. had hail for an hour. <coughs> oh, that's painful. So, <laughs> yes, all the little bedding plants died, and uh, the geranium was totally stripped, and the trees were stripped. So I'm wondering, what's the recovery plan like for the geranium? Should I cut it back or? Uh, yeah, the the the, uh, the obviously broken branches, whether they be on geraniums or on trees, will have to be addressed and probably just cut off. You can do that okay, any time. But okay. your uh, your biggest tool in your in your uh, in your in your gardening supplies is patience. Okay. This is not the time to start fertilizing. You want to <laughs> okay. wait until they start, if they're going to, start recovering. And put on new growth if they're going to do it. And let them do that first and get well along the way, and then you can fertilize. Okay, but first we uh, trim back. Yeah, I just want to go out and remove anything that's been shredded and just dangling and hanging off the plant. Right. Uh, if there are leaves that still, even if there are only half a leaf left uh, hanging on the plant but are well attached and green, leave them be. But okay. uh, all the shredded stuff, uh, remove that. I, I found out the hard way years ago when we had a hailstorm uh, in Lakewood that, ju- I mean, uh-huh. it, it stripped siding off houses. But I was so depressed about the whole thing, <laughs> I said, I'm not touching it. No, the Mother Nature just take care of it herself. Yeah, darn it. <laughs> well, that was a mistake. Okay. That was a big mistake. <laughs> By the time I did realize that I needed to go out there and do something, everything was starting to put on new growth, and I'm out there trying to cut out the damaged stuff and damaging the new growth. So uh, okay. it was like a double setback. So get out there as quickly right. as you can and clean up as much <clears throat> as possible. But uh, if if a leaf looks like it's still... Even part of it is still functioning for the plant. Leave it there because that just helps the plant recover that much faster. You can take Super. it off later. Super. Okay. Well, I really appreciate your help. Thank you so much. Oh, well, you bet. Thanks for calling. Okay. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Not had a hailstorm at our place. This would be the first time in three or four or five years. No hailstorm. So far. <laughs> the season's still young. <laughs> 
We may still get one. I, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. We, we, don't, we don't mention the ice balls, which must not be named. Yeah. As long as it stays liquid, I'm happy. And boy, has it been liquid. It has been. It's been kind of nice, actually. Things are... The ground is moist everywhere I look. And I can't believe that we're... Uh, some of the rivers and so forth are, are way down in their flow rates. Um, yeah, because the ground is sucking all this rain up. Well, good. It's not, it's not letting it go into the streams and, and rivers as much as you would expect. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, you're in Glenwood Canyon. <clears throat> oh, yeah? Yeah. Close the canyon. Really? Had a mud flow across it, yeah. Oh, dear. Well, the, the sides of the hills were burned last year. And oh, sure. So all the roots are gone and uh, a little bit of rain and by gum, by golly, here comes the mud. Mm-hmm. Closed it down for several days, I think. No five, kidding. Five feet thick. Holy yep. Moses. Yeah. Thank goodness there was no no cars there when it came down because they'd be in the river now. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, along with the mud, there's probably big old boulders with it. Yeah, and there's some <coughs> good-sized rocks that came down with it as well. So uh, so be aware if you're going into Glenwood Canyon. Actually, if you're going into any canyon and it's raining, <coughs> be aware. You Look may out. get smashed at any point. <laughs> yeah. Look up. It may be coming down. I was going to mention something here, and I just completely lost track of what the heck's going on, so maybe I should take a break. We'll take a break. All of us will take a break, and uh, we'll... We'll resort things. We'll come back and talk to Bob. And Bob, hang in there. We're coming right back to you uh, right taking af- after we take a break here on Legends 810. Well, hello, Mrs. Johnson. Nice to see you again. What's that you have in the bag? It's, it's my tomatoes. Just look at this. The bottom side of all the largest fruit is turning into a nasty brown color. It's gross. My family won't eat these. What am I going to do? Okay, relax, Barbara. Your tomatoes have an easy-to-fix condition called blossom end rot. And you're right, it's nasty looking. But fortunately, it's not a disease, just a mild calcium deficiency, which is usually brought on by letting your plants get too dry between waterings. So I'm going to recommend you start using this Fertilome Yield Booster for tomatoes. This yield booster will supply the extra calcium your plants need to save the rest of your crop. Is it easy to use? I don't want to have to mix anything. You know, it couldn't be easier. Yield Booster comes pre-mixed in this handy trigger sprayer. All you have to do is spray the leaves and fruit weekly for at least three applications, and you'll have bigger, better tomatoes than ever before. Oh, what a relief. Bill, you've made my day. Better give me two of those bottles of Fertilome Yield Booster. I have lots of tomato plants. Find Fertilome Yield Booster at your favorite independent Fertilome retailer, including Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, The Tree Farm in Longmont, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora, Jared's Nursery in Littleton. To find your closest dealer, go to www.fertilome.com. It's like the difference between soft, gentle rain and a monsoon. That's how I compare the effect of a Dram Rain wand on plants to the hard blast of a typical spray nozzle attachment to your garden hose. Water flows through 400 tiny holes in the Dram Rain wand's soft shower nozzle to bathe and refresh your plants, not damage them or wash away soil. Its handy reach handle has a 60 degree bend and conveniently extends to more distant garden rows and hanging baskets. And there's a fingertip shutoff valve. No wonder professional growers in the greenhouses and nurseries use DRAM watering tools. Today, there are imitators, but nothing matches the superior quality of the original, invented over 50 years ago. They're simply the best. DRAM watering tools are available at Tagawa Gardens, Nick's Gardens, Jared's Garden Center, and Lafayette Florist and Greenhouse. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home. Saturday morning at 9.30. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix It Show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix It Show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends. 
And we are back. We're finally back. We're going to take your garden questions off the air and over your phone device, whatever that device might be. On right the air. Now we have, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> what we, are we doing them yeah, off the air? We, we talk, is that a new part of the show? We, we talk about our callers after they're off the air. <laughs> <laughs> Only nice things. Only nice things. Yes. All right, let's go see what Bob is up to right now. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. I'm here. What's going on? Oh, not too much. You had a question about sunlight? Yes. It comes from the sun. It's that <laughs> big star in the sky. <laughs> oh, now you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> 93 million miles away. <laughs> That's further than that. <laughs> I counted. <laughs> <laughs> I had, uh, I, I bought a uh, Asiatic lily at Lowell's yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it's about two foot tall and has a lot of flowers. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering, it says to put in full sun, but yes. I should, shouldn't should I acclimate that to the sun for... It would be a good idea, yes. How, how much, uh, what do you think on the time? Oh, I think, uh, yeah, I think you could put it out on, if you have an eastern exposure, an eastern porch, a uh, sidewalk or something like that, and get that full morning sun. And but protected from the hot afternoon sun for oh, a cu- okay. for a couple for a couple of days for a couple of days yeah okay that's what I need to know and okay. the the flowers will last longest if they stay out of the full sun altogether uh, and I only say that is is if you want to enjoy it as a potted plant while it's in bloom before you plant it out in the yard yeah it's in a pot mm-hmm so there's no problem there. Okay. All righty. Thank you, sir. What color is it? Let's see here. It's uh, red. Red and kind of a pink. Oh. Oh, you got one of those, huh? I like those Asiatic lilies because they face up right at at you, so you don't have to lay down on the ground to look up at them. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for your call this morning, Bob. Thanks. Enjoy your shows. I appreciate that. Thank you Thank much. You. Anyway. All right. Well, that means we have open lines now. Again? Again. <clears throat> and those out there who are listening to us can hear our voice. Locate your, your dialing device, your calling device. And then <clears throat> put in these following numbers, 303-477-2473. And that'll get you right in here to the studio. It sure will. It, it's and magic. We don't understand how that works. Because <clears throat> we don't have degrees in that sort of stuff, in radi- radiology. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's something completely different. Well, I think so, too. So if you're not listening to us today, you can always listen to us <clears throat> on, on Sunday. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that out there if you're not listening today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, um, the, the show is being simulcast right now, as a matter of fact. <laughs> On the FM station, the Legends FM station, 95.3. And we don't know how that happens either. I know. The wires get crossed, I, I think. Apparently. I think they just splice wires together. <laughs> I think so. Uh, so you can listen either AM or FM, if you like, right now. Uh, you can listen to the show on Sunday evening at 6 o'clock on both of those stations. Probably not the same time. Um, 6 o'clock on Sunday evenings. It's rebroadcast. You can listen to our podcasts, if you're, uh, if you're so inclined, by going to podbean.com, P-O-D-B-E-A-N, podbean.com, and looking up, you know, just put, put in, the, in the search bar at the top, just type in The Garden Wise Show, and it'll pop right up for you. Uh, we, all of our podcasts are automatically posted to our Facebook page, so you'll know when those are available <coughs> if you're following us on Facebook. And we encourage you to do that. Boy, I put a bunch of stuff on Facebook over the past week. Yes, you did. All those new echinaceas, um, uh, I think there's 11 of them. I put a picture of each one of them up there. So, you know, take a look at those if you wish. And what else did I got? got I've got like a whole paragraph of stuff here. Uh, oh, and uh, some of my favorite plants, which are, <clears throat> which are eight-foot perennials. Mm-hmm. I, like, I like big plants. Yes, you do. <clears throat> and big leaf things. I might put up a picture of a, a very large root. Uh, <clears throat> we'll have to call it ornamental rhubarb because there's really no other name for it. Um, 
giant leaves and and flower stalks that go up seven feet tall. Very tropical. Yeah. When, you, when you get those big plants <coughs> in the garden, you, you, it starts to take on this sort of a jungly feel. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I do too. Of course, it takes more water. Well, it, luckily, luckily, it's right next to my vegetable garden. And, uh, you know, when I water that, sometimes by hand, why I'll just turn around and water the rhubarb too, mm-hmm. which is right next to the edible rhubarb. So we're in good shape there. All and, of which are. And I have another rhubarb called Ace of Hearts. Oh, yeah? Oh, that's pretty. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Big, giant leaves that stand upright. Ooh. Very nice. And it's beneath my pawpaw tree. <laughs> we are still in Colorado, yes. And the pawpaw tree, talking about tropical, looks tropical. It does. It has really large leaves. Most people look at it and say it's a magnolia because the leaves are, are, are that large. Mm-hmm. But it's not. The pawpaw tree. And? At least in my yard, my hydrangeas are starting to come into flower. I have four or five varieties now of different types, um, some for sun, some for shade, doing mar- remarkably well this year with all the moisture. So if you, if you want to try hydrangeas, I would, I would highly recommend it. Just have it someplace where, plant them someplace where, number one, they get the, they're getting the appropriate amount of light for the variety you have chosen. Mm-hmm. And number two, it's near a hose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they are water hogs. Oh, my God. <clears throat> yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> so make sure they're mulched well and watered well. If you're going to water by hand, do it longer than 40 seconds, please. Yeah, at least 45. <laughs> God. All right. Well, it looks like we've got some more callers on the line. <laughs> And uh, first up appears to be Larry out in Parker. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, guys. What's going on? Oh, well, I cut uh, my potato uh, plants up, my potatoes <coughs> for planting. And I'm wondering if maybe I let them shrivel up a little too much before I planted them. It was a week or two before I got them in the ground. Uh-huh. Why, why are you and, wondering? Did they not come up? They didn't come up, no. I, at this point, I would probably dig down where you planted them and find out what in the world's going on down there, where that potato is, where that seed yeah. potato is. And when did you plant them? Oh, a month ago. Yeah, I would dig down. And uh, one of the things you will notice on the way down is uh, how much moisture is there in that soil? Okay. I've noticed... It should be pretty wet. I've been watering it pretty regularly. Well, you're probably watering by hand? No. Oh. No. Well, good for you. Good job, Larry. But I would still still dig down and notice the the amount of moisture and see if you can't find the original seed potato. Uh, If you you reach down there and you feel around with your hand and it feels kind of mushy, (laughs) then your seed potato... And and smells. And and seed potato rotted. (laughs) Now, I, I tried something this year I've never done with potatoes, and that's doing an old-fashioned thing called chitting, C-H-I-T-T-I-N-G, chitting. is where you set the, the potatoes, the whole potato, on a windowsill in the sun and let them start to sprout first and okay. then plant them and well, not I cut them. did start to sprout a little bit before I cut them up. Okay. And I, I had wonderful luck, but I didn't cut mine. I remember as a kid back in Kansas, we cut them. We got these gigantic things that were the size of, well, bigger than tennis balls uh, for seed potatoes. And uh, I guess they were usually just the potatoes that were left over from the previous year. Yeah, probably. Sure. (laughs) And we would cut those and just let them set off to the side for an hour or so and then plant them. But not a week or a month. Yeah. That was, I think, too long looking back on it. Yeah. Um. Well, I got these at Tagawa. Uh-huh. I know they're a little instruction sheet that uh, cut them into segments, with each one with an eye. Well, uh, I, you know, one eye is, is okay, but the way I learned to do it was you need to have three or four eyes per section. And, uh, okay. and, and most seed potatoes are way too small to get three or four eyes per section. So I, I would just plant them whole from now on, Larry. Oh. 
example, about 10 inches deep in a trench. How deep? I think 10 inches is what the instructions are. That sounds a little deep unless you are planting them at the bottom of 10 inches and not filling it in until they grow up above whatever the soil level is and then start filling it in. I think that's a little too deep. Yeah, I only plant them about two or three inches deep. I think it's just too too cold down there, ten inches deep. It's just too cold. Yeah, go ahead and dig down <coughs> dig down there today, Larry, and uh, and find out what's going on. Okay. And the other question is, I discovered a bag of uh, calcium nitrate. Mm-hmm. Fifteen point five to zero to zero. <coughs> yep. Mm-hmm. For tomatoes. Um, that's for blossom end rot. Yes. Yeah, blossom end rot. Refresh me if you would. Is that yellowing leaves? No, that's the uh, that's the bottom of the fruit will start rotting. Oh, that's right. Yep, turns brown and then rots. I don't have any fruit on yet. But if you use that, you you're in good shape. It wouldn't hurt to put a little on now, even though I don't have any uh, tomatoes. Uh, yeah, you could put some on now. Sure. Don't don't overdo it. Okay. <coughs> it's better to put a little bit on frequently than a whole bunch infrequently. Um, and then, as I said, I've got some uh, flowers set on the tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, would it be an advantage to go ahead and spray that with some, uh, some of the spray that helps them produce? The flower set, the blossom set stuff? Blossom set. Yes, with our cold night temperatures, it probably wouldn't hurt. Okay. And you can even use that on cucumbers and peppers and eggplant. Squash, yeah. As long as you're spraying the female flowers, it doesn't help to spray the male flowers. <laughs> okay. And how do I tell the difference between female and male flowers? Well, that's a whole nother show, Larry. <laughs> you sound like you should be old enough to know the difference. <laughs> well, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> no, the Certain aspects of that <laughs> statement. But, uh, yeah, listen to our show after 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's a, a on, on cucumbers and squash, all that whole melon family, uh, they produce male and female flowers on the same plant. And you can always tell a male flower from a female because the female has a tiny preformed fruit right behind the flower. All ready to go. It just needs to be pollinated. The male is just a skinny, useless stem. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's not useless. It holds the flower up at least. Yeah. And if if you're not getting enough bee uh, bee activity in there, you can always just pick those male flowers, pull the petals off, and just go around and and swish the pollen around in the female flowers, and that'll pollinate them. Oh, okay. I thought about using a little stick or feather or something in the past. You could use a a. a a paintbrush. Yeah, a nice paintbrush. Yeah. I, I just find it easier to pick the male flowers and just do it that way. Use that as your brush. Okay. All right. Well, there's some good info. All right. Thank you, guys. You You're bet. very welcome. And enjoy your show. Glad you're back. Uh, well, we are, too. I'll talk at you next time I have something. All right. Thanks for listening, Larry. Sure thing. Okay. Bye. Bye. Yeah, there is, a, there is a product on the market out there. If you're having problems with your tomatoes blooming and not setting fruit... Or the same can be said for peppers and, and eggplant as well. Like I said, uh, you can get this stuff called Blossom Set, or it's sometimes called Tomato Set. The garden centers will have it. It's a little spray. You can spray right on the flowers, and it'll cause them to set fruit without pollination. And that means, what does that mean? That means you won't have any seeds in them. No seeds. Or the seeds will be empty. Mm, yeah. you, might, you might still get seeds. Whatever. What looks like seeds. And that that's usually helpful when we're having night temperatures that drop below fifty or below sixty degrees at night, fifty five, which has been every night last <coughs> past week except last night, yeah. sixty one degrees in my house. Yeah, so just barely. But yeah, the the pollen doesn't seem to uh, to work below those temperatures. So that's always helpful. I don't work very well below those temperatures either. <laughs> well, I work better there than I do at 95. Well, that's true. 
So. That's true. I've, I've really liked these cooler Well, the last couple days. Of days have been great. Haven't they, though? Oh, man. Although yesterday was really muggy. It was. Yeah. I mean, and there was no breeze. Your adult beverage with ice cubes in it just, just weeping all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, we've got to take a break, Jim. <laughs> all right, we're going to do that to get back here and, uh, and, and talk uh, about, I don't know, we're going to talk about what you want to talk about. Yeah, we've got Steve wants to talk about weeds, and Carol wants to talk about weeds. And I have a list here of at least, at least 114 items we could talk about, but we're not going to do any of that unless you uh, or until you call in. And uh, the phone number is 303-477-2473, right here on Legends 810. The friendly folks at Jared's Nursery, Gift, and Garden are excited that spring is really here. The first shipments of veggies and flowers have arrived, and more spring product arrives almost daily. This is a great time to add compost to your beds when getting them ready for the growing season. It is also time to overseed your lawn if it was sparse last year. Grass likes cooler weather, and Mother Nature often helps with the watering in April. If you had weed issues last year, now is the perfect time to put down a pre-emergent weed killer to minimize new weeds. The knowledgeable staff will be happy to answer your questions about spring lawn care. There will be a socially distanced class on lawn care Saturday, April 10th at 11 a.m. and again Sunday, April 11th at 1 p.m. And yes, there will be a discussion about those nasty Japanese beetles, which are here to stay. Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden is located at 10500 West Bulls Avenue between Kipling and Sims. Spring hours are 9 to 6, Monday through Friday, and 9 to 5 on weekends. They hope to see you soon. Well, summer is in full swing now, and look who's back. Those nasty Japanese beetles, and they're ready to wreak havoc on your garden. If you're looking to successfully control Japanese beetles without damaging the environment, look no further than Beetle Gone from Phylum Bioproducts. Derived from a naturally occurring soil bacteria, BeetleGone is the only organic solution that successfully controls those destructive beetle invaders. Just mix the powder with water and spray on your plants. Once ingested, they stop feeding and die. And since it's an organic BT product, rest assured it's a safe choice to use on your fruits and veggies in addition to your ornamental flowers and trees. Not only does Beetle Gone work on adult Japanese beetles, it is completely safe to use around beneficials such as ladybugs, butterflies, and bees. And it has no issues with water toxicity. Beetle Gone from Phylum Bioproducts. Target the pest and not the rest. You'll find Beetle Gone at your favorite independent garden center. And make sure you tell them that the Garden Wise Guys sent you. All right, we are back. We're taking your questions here on Legends 810, the Garden Wise Show with the Garden Wise Guys, Jim Borland and Keith Funk. Uh, let's see, who's up next there, Keith? Um, next up is Steve out in Parker. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, gentlemen. What's going on with you today? Well, congratulations on your new place on the dial. Why, well, thank, thank you. you. Um, follow up quickly on your last caller. Um, will bone meal help with the uh, blossom and rot problem if I add some of that to the soil for my tomatoes? Uh, it will in the long term, but not the short term. Bone meal takes a good deal of time to break down and release those nutrients to the soil. So, um, I, you know, the, that's something you could, you could uh, work into the soil in the fall in preparation for the next year. Okay. You could use superphosphate. No, it's not superphosphate. That wouldn't have it, but the no. bone meal would. Uh, but right now, if you're needing a, a quick fix, I would go with something more immediate like uh, Yield Booster. Uh, I think it's Fertilome has a product called Yield Booster, which is a liquid calcium product. And you can use it as a foliar spray or a soil drench, either one. All right. Uh, I may not have this problem. I'm not that far along yet with my tomatoes, unfortunately. Is it just, will I necessarily have that problem? Are they, the are they growing in the ground or containers? Uh, I have some of each. Uh, the containers will probably need some of that. Okay. Uh, there's really not much calcium in, uh, in container soils. But the ground around here typically has more calcium than you can shake a stick at. Okay. But calcium's not the only reason for getting blossom end rot, or I should say lack of calcium. And that is all, it, it, it can also be um, caused by an in, uh, 
inconsistent moisture in the soil right. where the plants can get too dry between waterings. And that can also cause uh, uh, blossom end rot. Uh, or it can be a uh, you know a combination of both items, you know, the lack of calcium. And, and, and when you think about it, if you, if you don't have enough water in the soil, the uh, plants aren't picking up the nutrients anyway. So even if you have plenty of calcium, if they're not picking up out of the soil because it's too dry, <coughs> then you're going to have that problem. Okay, great. I, uh, before I get to my question about weeds, I wanted to share something. I recently got to visit the Morton Arboretum outside of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yes. Have either of you been there? Have not. I want every plant that they have. Yes, uh, I highly recommend it. Um, it. Of course, it was a beautiful day, and it didn't rain, and that was all wonderful. But uh, 1,700 acres. Oh, and, my. Uh, it's been there for over 100 years, the most incredible collection of mature hardwood trees and all kinds of shrubbery. Um, they've got a river that runs through there. They've got wetlands, and they've recreated a tall grass prairie. They started with seeds with one acre that they cleared, and they've now expanded it to uh, 100 acres. Uh, anyway, it was just wonderful. Uh, and I think they have a reciprocal deal with the Denver Botanic Gardens for anybody that's a member here. And, oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah. yeah, most uh, most um, arboretums and, and botanic gardens <clears throat> do have a reciprocal agreement with all the rest of botanic gardens, right. such that if you take your membership card and show them that, uh, they'll let you in, I, I think, for free. Yeah. Uh, Morton Arboretum, I highly recommend <clears throat> that. It was just a, a wonderful day. Uh, <clears throat> back to my question. Uh, well, first of all, while I was gone, here in Parker, I'm told we had two inches of rain one afternoon, and it looks like it, just the way everything kind of washed away, you know, down mm-hmm. slopes and everything. Sure. So uh, we're, we were blessed here with, uh, with a ton of moisture uh, and weeds, of course. <laughs> and that brings me to my questions. Uh, I got three things that uh, I'm most wanting to, to do something about. And I have three products on hand, and I wanted to see if any of those were appropriate. The, the problems are spurge, dandelion, and bindweed, which uh, are all familiar to everybody. Uh, the products that I have, uh, 45% vinegar, which I'd love to be able to use in my vegetable garden instead of toxic chemicals. Obviously, it's nonspecific. It'll kill everything around it. You have to protect your other plants. But have you had any success with eradicating any types of weeds with vinegar? Well, I've been listening as you were speaking there. Uh, Doesn't the fact that it kills everything that it touches make it toxic? Well, um, I figure what's left behind is just a little extra acidity in the soil when it's all... Well, I I mention that because uh, I think I I would be concerned about toxicity to yourself. Oh well, uh, it's definitely face mask time. Oh yes, sure. yes, it is an acid, and it's a pretty potent acid. Yeah, and I could dilute it um, mm-hmm. depending on what I want to do. Uh, what one trick I had was I would take a, a number one you know black pot and cut the bottom out of it and set that around the weed, so I created this cylindrical wall around the weed and then mm-hmm. spray inside because even the fumes I found would um, and certainly if there's any air movement but even the fumes will travel <coughs> and like kill grass it will yep. kill grass I'm pretty much convinced of that which is not what I want <laughs> okay uh, but I just wondered if you had any success well with it, any kind of vinegar it, it uh, does work household vinegar the stuff you use for cooking doesn't work work very well at all it's just not strong enough. But the stuff you're talking about is considerably stronger, and you should be wearing gloves and probably uh, uh, eye protection as well. Sure. Uh, with the process you mentioned, it does work, but I find that once I put all that stuff together, I might as well just go down there and pull the weed. Well, I do a lot of that, definitely, especially with the soil being nice and often moist now it's a great time and often what works very very well is just mulch it in very heavily around your your vegetable plants now the thing i don't like about vinegar is that it's not systemic so it it gives you a top burn but it doesn't really do anything about the deep root system that comes along with a a dandelion or a bindweed it'll probably take spurge out just fine 
uh, any shallowly rooted annual type right. weed will be easy to kill with vinegar. But any of those deeply rooted perennials, vinegar just burns the top. Uh, that's what I was afraid of. Yep. Yeah. Now, the two things that I have on hand that I wouldn't mind using are uh, weed-free zone and weed-be-gone. And the weed-free zone was specifically suggested to me for the bind weed. Mm-hmm. you have a special yes. talent when it comes to that weed? Well, letting it get long. I mean, the more foliage on the, on the weed that you're spraying, the better the, the kill rate is. Because it's all absorbed through the foliage and carried down inside the plant into the root system. Right. So don't cut the grass first or pull it and spray the bloody stump. That doesn't work. Right. Um, I would not use weed-free zone or weed-be-gone near any broadleaf plants like your vegetables or flowers, that sort of thing. Because they do produce a fume as it, as it volatilizes, as it dries. And that can travel um, in the air and damage your surrounding plants. Right. So do not use that in the vegetable garden or the flower garden. Only uh, in the lawn. Right. And, and I find that weed-free zone works much better and much more quickly, especially during our cooler weather in the spring and the fall, uh, than weed be gone. So weed-free zone, cooler temperatures. Well, I mean, it works during cooler temperatures, but you can also use it during, you know, the summer as well. So cooler temperatures are okay for weed-free zone. Yeah. Yes. And how and how <coughs> does weed be gone differ in that respect? Doesn't seem to work as fast under much cooler temperatures. Okay. Um, and uh, this time of the year, I shouldn't have any problem with either of them being effective. No, you shouldn't have no. any problem with it, and definitely spray during the cool part of the day, either the early morning or the late afternoon, early evening. Okay. Uh, so stay away from the heat of the day. Yes. Okay. Um, and, okay, the vegetable garden. Um, let's say I got uh, bindweed. Uh, dandelions, I can, there's not, not, I can take care of those otherwise, but... The bindweed in the vegetable garden, do I just uh, just live with it and not put any of these chemicals no. in, in there? Don't live with bindweed. <laughs> it will take advantage of you in a heartbeat. I know. I know. And, and pulling it usually just makes it mad. Yes. So you're not going to like my suggestion, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Okay. And that is to get some glyphosate. Okay. Either, uh, either Roundup or Kills All. Or super kills all, I guess. They're both glyphosate. The kills all is much less expensive than the Roundup, um, but they're both the same product. And and then instead of spraying it in the vegetable garden, you can paint it on. Right. And buy the concentrate. Mix it up yourself. Don't buy the ready to use. It's it's mixed up. The ready to use is available to you as the weakest possible mixture. Uh, you're paying for mostly water, mm-hmm. you know, so buy the concentrate, mix up what you're going to use. Don't mix up more than you're going to use. And some people have told me that they'll take like a large Ziploc bag or maybe even a, a, a large uh, grocery bag, plastic bag, and they'll cut a hole in the bottom and, like you're doing with the pot and slip that over the plant, spray it inside the bag, and then, and then close the bag. And let it set like that for 24 hours or so. And, and they find uh, really good success doing that. It keeps the spray away from your, your good plants. It does, Roundup doesn't go into the soil, so you don't have to worry about that. So the Kills All is effective, uh, well, Kills All or Roundup is effective on the bindweed? It's very effective on the bindweed, but again, using the same trick, let the plant get big. You know, you know, eight or ten inches long on those vines. Even if it, I think even on the label it says, wait until it goes into, starts to to start blooming, and that's when you spray it. Okay. You sort of fool it into a false sense of security. Like it, it's going to be okay. We can we can live here. Okay, and so that would be that chemical would be a better choice than the others we talked about for the vegetable garden. 
Yes. Okay. There's, uh, there's no fumes associated with Roundup. All right. And you feel like there's le- the, the, whatever's left behind is less toxic than with the weed-free zone or the weed be gone? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, ba- Roundup is basically deactivated when it hits the soil. I mean, if, even if your weed leaves are dirty, that can reduce the effect of Roundup. Okay, so all the, all the lawsuits and the lawyers on TV talking about uh, Roundup, uh, mainly concerned about, my main concern would be with mishandling the product and getting it and being exposed to well, it. That, <clears throat> yeah, that's, applying it. that's another show entirely. But, right, uh, right. But sure, I mean, I would do that with any, any uh, pesticide. Sure. Any medicine, any <clears throat> cleaning product. If you mishandle it, you're going to have problems. Yes. Uh, well, they, they, you know, they've, it, it, they've been putting on a big scare about the glyphosate. And well, sure, they're making yeah. money hand over fist on the lawsuits. Sure. sure. Uh, all right. Well, then, uh, in the in the lawn, I can go ahead and use the weed free weed uh, weed free zone or the weed be gone, and uh, I'm not going to broadcast it. I'm just going to spot tree. Yeah. 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 Spot yeah. tree, and then get me some kills all for the vegetable garden. There you go. And also in the vegetable garden, I was thinking, once your vegetable garden is done for the year, you've got a couple of good frost, and uh, if you can get out there right there and pull all the vegetable plants, you might find a lot of bindweed still there. That would be a great time to apply the killzall. Right. And then you don't have to worry about your vegetable plants. Now, I've heard this bindweed, the roots go down 8 feet or some crazy number. 25 feet deep. And and then at that depth they go horizontally, and then come back up. So the the kills all is gonna take care of all that. Uh, Eventually, probably one application may not do it. I can guarantee it won't. Okay. So yeah, you just have to be persistent. And again, when it resprouts, let it get some size to it before you spray it again, so that you get a reasonable amount of product down into the root system. And of course, if I would just stop watering everything, all these 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 particular weeds would would wouldn't have much of a chance, would they? Problem is, I'd lose everything. Well, <laughs> bindweed's going to come back regardless. That's right. Okay. Yeah. It just seems like some of these weeds are only there because I irrigate. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and in the natural environment, you don't see. Well, that's you know, there's a lot of truth in that for sure. But a lot of weeds yeah. will are very persistent. They'll come back after a long, long drought. Right. Yeah, just look along the roadside <coughs> when you're driving down the highway. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it. Okay, well, I got my work cut out for me. I thank you so much. All right, sir. Thanks, Thanks for, for calling. Call. All right, bye now. Not sure we have enough time for another caller before we go over the top of the hour. But uh, I, could all, I could tell people that, uh, what about today? Um... Sunrise today is 537, although the, the, the eastern sky starts lightening up at about quarter to five in the morning. 832 is when it's going to set on the western horizon. Record high temperature, and after what we've heard about other parts of the country, this doesn't seem like anything. 101 degrees in 1874. Record low, 46 degrees, which isn't that far away from some yeah. of our low night temperatures. Exactly. Yeah. And that didn't happen in... Uh, and it hasn't happened since 1872. <clears throat> so that's a, just a little trivia that you mm-hmm. might want to use in uh, tonight's uh, games with your neighbors. So before we go to break, I just wanted to make one last point about using weed killers in the yard. <clears throat> and that is the majority of weed killers available on the market these days go in through the foliage, not through the root system, not through the soil. <laughs> They're designed to go in through the leaves. Therefore, your best kill is if you let the weeds get big. Yep. That way, more leaves are exposed to the weed killer, and more weed killer is carried down into the stems and down into the root system, and you get a better kill. By cutting the lawn first before you spray, or by pulling the weeds before you spray, you're basically, it's a waste of time to spray at that point. Yeah, so don't waste your time. Uh, and, and, and prepare to do this first thing in the spring. Mm-hmm. And don't wait until the summer after you've cut the weeds or try to pull them and they keep coming back. 
That's going to make life a lot easier. All right, uh, music indicates that we've uh, completed one full hour with your garden questions, and uh, we appreciate your calls coming in here. And those who want to continue over the next hour, here's the phone number, 303-477-2473. And so we're going to take what turns out to be really a very quick break over the top of the hour right here on Legends 810. 